feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Tonight, it is being billed as the Ukrainian Alamo. And later on in the show, everybody, we are going to talk about the situation in Mariupol, which is such a key, key city in the eastern part of Ukraine, which at this point is being pounded. And heartbreaking messages coming tonight from the commander of Ukrainian forces who says that they are outmanned and they are outgunned. And that basically the Russian forces have them surrounded in a steel plant in Mariupol and that the Russian forces basically outnumber them 10 to 1. Welcome to the Rita Cosby Show tonight. We're going to be talking about that story and the plea from the commander. Think about the guts of those people hold up in a steel plant. And he says that they have hundreds of wounded soldiers in there. Hundreds of civilians, women, men, children inside that steel plant. And he said that he is pleading with the world and specifically President Biden saying, please create a safe corridor for at least the civilians and the wounded troops, but especially the civilians to be able to evacuate. And people are coming out and going, why do we have a U.N.? Why do we have a NATO? Why do we have organizations like that if we can't even create a safe corridor for women and children and men, civilians that are trapped inside a steel plant in a city that is being obliterated? Even before the last day when the Russians gave them an ultimatum to surrender, they basically said, if you don't surrender, we will level your city. And they've already hit it about 90 percent. And they have had sortie after sortie coming in and pounding that city. But think about the guts of the people inside Mariupol that are just getting devastated. And President Zelensky says there's about 120,000 people that are trapped in Mariupol. And they are pleading with the world to create, again, some sort of evacuation route. Why does NATO exist? Why does the U.N. exist if we can't even create safe passage For civilians in a situation like this, you know what's going to happen to them if the Russians get to them and they are literally feet away. I mean, it is absolutely frightening. Here is the commander of that fest, you know, that group, basically, that steel plant in Mariupol, putting out his plea to the world. This is our appeal to the world. This could be the last appeal of our lives. We are probably facing our last days, if not ours. The enemy's outnumbering us 10 to 1. Wow. Think about that they are still fighting and saying, please, please create a safe passage. We are willing to stay and fight, but we would like our civilians and our wounded comrades evacuated. And the U.N. so far doesn't seem to be doing anything. The Biden administration seems to be doing zero. And also, it seems like NATO is like, Oh, we're trying to get weapons to them. Do you think the people in Mariupol have time for red tape and bureaucracy right now? It sounds to me like they have hours, minutes, but maybe not even days.
days. So we're going to take your calls about that later on in the hour. Meantime, we're also talking about our U.S. southern border and some stunning numbers of those that are crossing. And in the last few hours, I just, my jaw dropped when I heard the news that the administration is indeed basically planning on doing the appeal, that the DOJ is going to appeal the mask mandate for mass transportation. Remember that a judge stepped in and said, this is not warranted. There doesn't need to be a mask mandate. There doesn't need to have that in place in mass transportation. And so the Biden administration came out. And at first, this is what President Biden had to say. They can't even get their messaging straight. Take a listen to the president when the judge came down with the ruling saying, we're going to lift it. Take a listen. Mr. President, should people continue to wear masks on planes? That's up to them. Are you going to like to appeal the ruling uh, or the ruling of the judge made striking down the mandate? I haven't spoken to the CDC yet. So it's up to them. I'm not really sure. And then here is President Biden's boss, circle back Jen Psaki. Take a listen. The DOJ said yesterday that um, they would decide essentially whether or not to appeal that, that ruling um, uh, based on what the CDC says they need or don't yeah. need. Um, is the White House or the Cabinet involved in any way in that decision-making process? Well, we, we are um, entirely able to and legally able to be a part of the discussion. But uh, right now, it's we, we, of course, are deferring to the CDC on what they believe is needed at this moment. They have already, they obviously put in place this two-week extension because they felt they needed that to take a look at the data, given that we've seen a rise in cases. So we certainly anticipate to hear more from them soon on their ask for uh, for being able to have that time, which we think is entirely warranted. So they can't even keep their story straight. Take a listen to Amy Cook of the Cook Report, who had this to say a few hours ago about the White House messaging. It looks as if the administration has been caught off guard. You had the president after this decision by the judge saying people can do what they want on airplanes. Now uh, we have the uh, White House saying, well, nope, we're going to appeal this decision. And that leaves a whole bunch of people sort of scratching their head, wondering not simply whether or not it's safe to go on these airplanes, but whether or not the administration is coordinating even among its various agencies to do such a thing. So if, if the administration was overconfident in the early days on things like inflation, it was going to be transitory, or on COVID, where we've turned the corner, we learned uh, last summer. Right now, it looks as if they're caught in uh, double guessing or out. Uh, they're, they're sort of having trouble figuring out what it is that they want to get through. Boy, is Amy Cook nice. They are really all over the place. The president said, well, it's up to individuals. And then now tonight they're like, "Okay, no, we're appealing. And so let me get this straight. The CDC is saying that there is a big risk in mass transit and other locations. So we're going to appeal this judge's ruling. And we're saying that COVID is still a problem. They're also asking for COVID funds on Capitol Hill. So they're saying there is a threat. And then at the same time, the CDC is saying it's okay to lift Title 42 at the U.S. border. Can you say hypocrisy? I mean, to me, that is so outrageous. Think about that. 
it's dangerous for Americans, many of whom are vaccinated, to be sitting on a plane, you know, or sitting on a bus or sitting, you know, elsewhere, and they need more funds for COVID. But yet there seems to have been zero COVID at the U.S. southern border. And, of course, we know from many of the past reports that the amount of COVID positivity coming in from migrants to the United States has been much higher than the American population. And yet this CDC and this administration turns a blind eye every time when it comes to a border issue because they want open borders. Well, joining us now to talk about this and also a bombshell report that they have on just the news is great investigative journalist John Solomon. John, um, great to have you back here on the show, my friend. Yeah, good to be with you, Rita. Now, I want to first start with your big news. You've got some big um, scoop about the Biden administration being ordered by the court, right, to uh, to continue the remain in Mexico policy. That's right. They tried to change it. The court came in and said no. Explain to everybody what that's supposed to do and if they're really enforcing it. Well, that's it. That was our question, which is you talk to the Biden administration and say, oh, we're complying with the court rules. We're, 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 we're complying with it. So we dug in and we found out that out of the 221,000 illegal migrants that were encountered at the border this past month in March, so that's a, one of the largest records in American history, a total of 199 were put into the Remain in Mexico program. That is less than one-tenth of one percent. They are not Wait, 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 wait. I, I got to yeah. go back at you. Wait a minute. 221,000. Again, that was a yeah. record, John. And yeah. you're telling me less than 200 yes. actually were kept in Mexico adhering to the judge's policy. That's right. That's one one less than one-tenth of one percent. They're thumbing their nose at not only a federal district court, but at a federal appeals court and the United States Supreme Court refused to impose an injunction saying you, ha- you can stop this. They would not allow them to do it. So they've been ordered at all levels of the federal judiciary to enforce this program while this case is working its way to the Supreme Court. In fact, there's arguments next Tuesday before the Supreme Court, and the, the administration has been thumbing its nose at the prior orders saying, we're just not going to do this. We'll do a couple for token, and that's it. When you when you process 199 out of 221,000 people, you're not complying with the, the court's orders at all. I talked to uh, tonight with uh, the Texas Attorney General. He is the man whose lawsuit forced the administration to keep um, uh, complying with the Remain in Mexico process. He says, listen, I think we're heading towards a constitutional crisis. There's a possibility that the Supreme Court is going to rule this program is still constitutional. Remember, the Supreme Court ruled this once before when Trump was president, that this was a lawful program. If they do that again and the Biden administration doesn't, Uh, continue enforcing the law despite being ordered to do so by the Supreme Court. We're going to have a constitutional crisis. It's a pretty remarkable moment that we're seeing. The administration not only is dealing with issues of incompetence and bad messaging, it's dealing with an outright defiance of court orders. So what can be done? Because this is shocking, John, that they're not even following a federal court order. Um, Isn't there something that the courts can do in saying, listen, you're not following our orders. You're not following our instructions. There would be two. There's a couple options. The first, obviously, is the plaintiffs, the the state's attorneys general, who went to court to get this uh, regulation enforced, 
could seek a contempt ruling. They could seek to have the president or the Homeland Security Secretary or the uh, head of the Custom Border Protection Agency held in contempt. And there's all sorts of penalties, as you know, from daily fines to imprisonment for people who are held in contempt. Another thing that some Republicans talk about, again, I don't know if their leaderships are on board, but there are some Republicans who strongly feel that the outright refusal to enforce laws that are on the books, uh, that are clearly the will of Congress, the letter of the law of the land, uh, that maybe impeachment is warranted. And you see a lot of people talking about maybe impeaching Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas next year if Republicans get the House back. Um, So those are two avenues that would put the Biden administration under a lot more duress and pressure. Um, But, you know, it is a remarkable thing that this president promised us clear talk, He promised us competence and less drama. We have more drama, we have less clear talk, and we have less competence than we had for a very long time. And that's why our world is so much aflame right now. This White House has been unable to bring calm or common sense or competency to much of what it's dealt with in the last year. And it also seems a lot of uh, rules for thee, but not for me. You know, I mean, when a court orders you, you know, that's a really serious issue, as you know, John. And yet they're thumbing their nose, hopefully... Any court, you would think, would say, wait a minute, you know, judges don't like to have their orders uh, unobeyed. Right. Yeah, no, listen, this is serious stuff. And this goes to what sort of rule of law, what sort of constitutional republic we're going to be. In the Democrats' mind right now, they don't see great hope in these institutions. That's why they wanted to add to the Supreme Court and tip the balance uh, from nine justices to something larger. It's why they have you know, gone to court and tried to stop voter ID. They're trying to attack the institutions whose rules are not in their favor. And when they lose right now, they're not showing a, a, a direct compliance with these rulings. I think that's what j- jumped out about the Remain in Mexico policy. It's very hard to get the numbers, but we got them. And uh, you know, they're, they're pretty shockingly low. And I think a lot of people are going to have to ask themselves, After the Supreme Court hearing next Tuesday, let's suppose the Supreme Court rules quickly, will the president of the United States abide by the United States Supreme Court ruling? I don't know. We'll have to find out. When is that going before the Supreme Court, John? When next week? Next Tuesday, um, the uh, Texas Attorney General, Missouri Attorney General, and their lawyers will be arguing the case in favor of getting the, the, the law enforced, and the Biden administration will be arguing against it. Uh, most people who are looking at this case think that the Biden administration will lose because the court has tipped its hand on two ideas. First, it ruled once before this program was appropriate when President Trump was in charge. And two, they turned down a injunction. When you turn down a preliminary injunction, it means that the chance of them winning the issue is low. And that's one of the standards the court says. So the court has kind of tipped its hand that it's probably going to affirm this Um, uh, regulation again, and that's going to put the Biden administration in a very difficult spot. It sure is. And I'm sure uh, that hopefully the Texas Attorney General and Missouri Attorney General are aware of these very low numbers in the Remain in Mexico, because any judge is going to go, wait a minute, this is not what was promised to us. This is not what we had instructed. And that certainly is not going to help the case. Before I let you go, uh, John Solomon, of course, with this great scoop here of what is actually happening at the border, it's, it's like salting the wound, John. This is coming, of course, as Title 42 is about to be lifted on May 23rd. What do you make of the fact that there is such a hypocrisy tonight? The Justice Department is appealing the order voiding the travel mask mandate. So, in other words, saying that the mask mandate should be in place on mass transit, that COVID is still a big issue, 
Um, They're also saying that they're looking for COVID funds on Capitol Hill, all that stuff, as you know. At the same time, they're saying, well, there's not a COVID concern on the U.S.-Mexico border. I mean, so many of these people are sleeping under a bridge. I mean, talk about the health conditions that they're unfortunately having to go through even. You know, I'm even I'm I'm even having I'm having sympathy on these people who've gone these difficult routes, but they're not on a they're not necessarily coming in with uh, low infection rates, as we've seen in the past. For some reason, there's no COVID on the border, John. Yeah, listen, there is an amazing story that we broke a couple about a week ago that very few people have paid attention to. It was a Department of Homeland Security Inspector General report, and here's what it said. In the first six months of the border surge between April and September of 2021, when Joe Biden says he was dealing with the surge, there were two amazing things that happened. First, nearly all of the um, legal migrants that were allowed into the country and trafficked to the country, nearly all of them were not tested for COVID, even though we were being told they were being tested for COVID. Uh, the IG found that they did not, and the IG declared that, it, that the Biden administration created a public health hazard by doing that. They put public health at risk by doing that. The second thing they did is they rented $17 million of hotel rooms, claiming they were putting the illegal migrants in these hotels. Some of those were rented at $300 a night. Not, not many of us get to sleep in a $300 a night hotel. None of those rooms were used. $17 million of taxpayer money wasted. You hear that, and then you say, okay, they're going to make me go on that plane tomorrow and put that mask on, but those illegal immigrants are going to come in without a test, without a mask, without any requirements. Where is the system fair? How is it equal under the law? And I think a lot of people are grappling with that very serious question that this administration seems to have two rules for people. Absolutely. The double standard is incredible. John Solomon, always great reporting. And again, everybody can get more details about all this on, of course, Just the News and also all of John's uh, social media, too, as well. John Solomon, thank you so much. Thanks, my friend, Rita. Have a good night. Thank you. You too, my friend. We're going to take calls after the break with these stunning details. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Jam here on the Rita Cosby Show, and we are talking about the disaster at the border. You just heard some stunning numbers from John Solomon, who is breaking some news here about the Remain in Mexico policy, which the Biden administration is supposed to adhere to, court-ordered. And remember last month, 221,000 people crossed the border. Those are the ones we know about, not the gotaways. And they were supposed to keep them in Mexico, less than two hundred were kept in Mexico as to adhere to the Remain in Mexico policy. And Senator John Kennedy, I love this guy from Louisiana. He's always straight talking. This is what he had to say about the Biden administration's handling of our U.S. southern border. Well, I heard Ms. Saki say that the system is broken, and, and uh, uh, frankly, the Biden administration broke it. The Biden administration broke it. Boy, is it a different border than it was under President Trump. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pete on Line 5 in New Hampshire. Pete, your thoughts about what you just heard from John Solomon and also uh, the hypocrisy of what's going on at the border. Hi, Rita. Thank you for allowing me to speak on your show freely. Always, Pete. Always. What do you think, Pete? 
as a Vietnam vet and what I grew up with at 70 years old as an old man, I'm going to tell you something. Joe Biden is an insult. These people in the current administration are a stain, a dark stain on our country, number one. Number two is you want to take back our border? Real simple. Elections have consequences, number two. Number three is it's time for us as Americans to wake the hell up. Our country is being taken over and run by fools. And you know what, Rita? It doesn't matter whether we vote in the next election process. You can vote for a Republican. You can vote for a farm animal. It ain't going to change, Rita. It's all the same. Well, listen, you have to know who you're voting for, and you have to know their policies. Pete, I love your call. And by the way, thank you for your service. And also welcome home as a Vietnam veteran. We love you. Thank you, Pete. Um, But you know what? I do think it does make a difference. When you know that somebody cares about our borders, cares about our security, that's who you vote for next go round. We're going to keep your calls going, everybody, after the break and are back the blue. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a sad story coming out of Yonkers, New York, of course, as you know, just outside of New York City, where a senior Yonkers Police Department detective has been shot and critically wounded, and it happened just after 2 o'clock today. The detective, with nearly three decades of experience, was shot in the abdomen during an investigation of illegal guns as part of the Westchester County, New York, Safe Streets Task Force. The shooting took place inside a small shop. Now, the police commissioner said that one of the four suspects approached on the street, ran into the store, And while inside the store, the suspect fired once, hitting the detective in the abdomen. An FBI agent assigned to the task force returned fire, fatally wounding the suspect. Now, the officer was rushed to the hospital. He suffered damage to his kidneys and intestines and lost a lot of blood, according to officials at the Yonkers Police Department. He is said to be right now clinging to life. He's in critical but stable condition. And, of course, our thoughts and prayers are with this brave detective and all the men and women in blue tonight. And we'll keep you posted on that very, very sad situation. Meantime, we're talking about the option of maybe sending law enforcement and the military to the U.S. southern border because the crisis is booming there. As you just heard from John Solomon here on the Rita Cosby Show More than 220,000, it's close to 221,000 illegal immigrants had encounters with our Border Patrol agents. They are outmanned. They're outgunned in many ways because there's a lot of cartels that are involved with this. Also, 
fentanyl. We're going to get in the next hour of the show, talk about some major fentanyl busts that have been taking place at the border. The numbers are just absolutely stunning. And in the middle of all this, we are now hearing in the last few hours that the Justice Department is going to appeal the order voiding the travel mask mandate. Remember that a judge came down and said that this mandate for travel to wear a mask is not necessary anymore. So many places have lifted the mask mandate that it should be lifted also in mass transportation. There wasn't enough grounds and that the Biden administration overreached its authority. So President Biden was asked about it. He's like, uh, I don't know which way. Loose. I mean, he was looking for the Easter Bunny to guide him around again. And the Easter Bunny wasn't there today. You know, it was just uh, during the Easter roll. So he didn't have any help in that department. So he was like, well, uh, we may have people pick and we, we're not really sure. And then circle back. Saki was circling back all over the place and confusing us even more. And now it looks like the Justice Department at guidance, by the way, from the CDC that the Centers for Disease Control, they're saying that it is a risk for Americans to be on the plane. So, again, I'm trying to figure this out, guys. It's a risk for Americans who are sitting on a plane where the air is so well circulated. They said it's more circulated and cleaner than like anywhere, basically. You know, you're sitting on a plane. I've taken a number of flights, you know, Um, so it's well circulated, all that. But they're insisting that there be a mask mandate still in place. They're going to fight this. No matter what the judge says, they're going to keep coming back at it. So on mass transportation for Americans, they're pushing to have you still masked up. Even after all the judge's orders and after all these rulings, they're still pushing. And yet at our U.S. southern border, you just heard from John Solomon, they're not even checking As to whether they have the coronavirus, they're not even pushing for vaccinations. They're not even monitoring them. They're not even checking to see if they have criminal histories in their home countries. And they had the highest number of encounters in 22 years, just last month. And we haven't even lifted Title 42, but they're going to lift Title 42 because they're saying there's no health concern at the border. Isn't that amazing? The people sleeping under the bridge, the people that often take, you know, months, weeks, days, a long time often, in very treacherous, difficult conditions, well, they absolutely have no issue with coronavirus. They're not bringing any health issues in, according to this administration. But you Americans sitting on a plane, that's a problem for them. That I have a huge problem with. And also, so does Britt Hume. And this is what he had to say Earlier today, this is the Fox News contributor, longtime White House correspondent, Britt Hume. We have a COVID, a COVID emergency matter uh, so urgent that we must not, uh, we must continue to wear masks on airplanes and trains and I guess other public transportation, but not sufficiently urgent that Title 42, which has been, which is a public health uh, uh, issue, uh, can be used to keep uh, immigrants from spilling willy-nilly across our southern border. So this is what you call mask confusion. And, and, I, and I think the public looks at this stuff and has a hard time keeping a straight face. But I think they find the man, such mandates, uh, the mask mandate, annoying. It'll be very hard to reimpose it, even if the administration wins in court. I think that man who said that is exactly right. So if I'm a judge, the first question I say, and I, by the way, I love Britt's line about mask confusion, because that is what it is. You know, if I'm a judge, I go, okay, administration, 
explain to me how people who are sleeping in some of the most difficult conditions with, you know, uh, very little hygiene, very often little food, very tough conditions, that those people don't have any health issues whatsoever that they could potentially be bringing into the United States. But an American, well, they definitely have an issue if they're sitting next to somebody on a plane, another American. I I would like to know on those secret migrant flights, do they have to mask up? I bet you they probably don't have to mask up on those either. I mean, this is just crazy. Take a listen. This is author Matt Continetti, and he said this messaging and these issues by the Biden administration are going to be a doomsday message for Democrats in November. The thread that unites all of these challenges is competence, or in the case of the Biden administration, incompetence. It began with the border last year. It carried through the Afghanistan disaster. It has carried through the inflation. And now we see renewed crisis on the border. And we see the inability of the Biden administration to get its message straight on the relieving the mask mandate. It's that incompetence that's going to dog this administration through the election in November. Yeah, it sure is. Don't you think people are, are going to go, oh, this just doesn't make sense. We had on the show uh, last week Rob Astorino, Westchester County Executive, former Westchester County Executive, who is now running for New York governor. And Rob is the guy who blew the lid on those secret migrant flights. And I loved his line because he said to all of us, he thinks November is going to be, quote, the revenge of the normal people. Because he said normal people have just had it up to here. It just takes common sense to say there's no COVID at the border. But, boy, you got to worry if you're sitting on a on a flight or you're sitting on a train or you're on a bus. Boy, you have to worry there. But if you're crammed, thousands of you, under a bridge, you know, in Mexico or on the Texas side or wherever you are, no health issues there. That just defies logic. And it is such an insult to our common sense. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jeffrey on line one. Jeffrey, your thoughts about this. This is amazing. Sorry, I have to take you off speaker there. I'm sorry about that, Rita. Uh, All right. uh, Hey, Jeff, take your time. You're only on a national radio show, but go ahead. I know, I know. Good. good, uh, Very nice to speak with you again. Uh, Here's the deal. I mean, if you look back and you see how many things that they lied about. Rita, we were sterilizing our mail for crying out loud. You know what I'm saying? They yeah, were no, wrong. you're right. So you're, many things. You're right. Yeah, it was like, like by the way, like I kept. I'm sure. Did you, Jeffrey? I kept my mail outside my home door. <laughs> like you know, I kept it there for like sometimes like a week or two. You know, and my, my boots, my, my clothes, my everything. I was like, like I was living like I was like in uh, one of those like sci-fi movies. You know? Right. I mean, I walked into a grocery store at the very beginning of this thing. Okay. There's a lady. She has her jeans stuffed into plastic bags, which are then stuffed into her shoes, tied tightly. She has rubber gloves on. She has full, like it was a painter's type uh, goggles, not ski goggles, but a painter's type goggles. She has, she's fully masked, gloves on everything, and she's touching every single orange on the rack. (laughs) Like, lady, if you have something, now we're all going to get it because we didn't know at the time. I mean, you know, we had to go with what they were telling us at the time. But the more you looked at it, the more you saw it made no sense. And then if you questioned it, you were accused of being crazy. Absolutely. And now 
look at the contrast that I'm bringing up, Jeffrey. I mean, it is stunning that they're using the issue of COVID to justify why they want to continue having it on mass transit. But listen to the double standard that at the border, there's no issue and they're going to lift Title 42 there. It's the same CDC. Boy, are they political. They're supposed to be based on the facts. Remember, based on science, like uh, Fauci was promising. Boy, are they based on politics and not on facts and science. It's all about follow the science. And I was telling people, if you can smell French fries through it, it's not doing anything. (laughs) Boy, and how by uh, by the way, you think about... All the times, the restaurants, you brought up restaurants, Jeffrey, you know, not only the grocery stores at the height of it all. Think about the economic damage that has been caused to so many business owners and so many restaurants all over the country where they had, you know, closed. They had to close down or they had outdoor dining or they had all these issues. And yet, if you were an illegal immigrant and still are crossing the border, first of all, none of them are getting being returned home, as John Solomon just blew the lid off of, that they're supposed to be staying over there because the Remain in Mexico is supposed to be in effect, and it's not. Um, that's one. And now they're saying no problem at the border when there have been numerous reports that we've talked about here on the show where they had such an enormously higher positivity rate of COVID. So, I mean, wouldn't it just it's like I'm not a scientist, John, uh, Jeff, but but it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that if you're sleeping under a bridge and you're in very difficult conditions, needless to say, for them to get to the border and cross the border, that maybe they might have health issues greater than average Americans who maybe go for their checkups and their doctors and, you know, do all these other certain steps. I mean, how can that be, John, that for some reason there's zero COVID at the border? Well, not only that, but uh, don't forget, uh, uh, COVID only comes out at uh, 10 p.m. when they would shut the restaurants down. Rita, I was a bartender for 15 years. I've worked in all different uh, facets of uh, food, uh, service, hospitality for a second job. I have two friends that own restaurants. It almost ruined them. I mean, they're back in business now, but it almost ruined them. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, Home Depot is open, Walmart is open, Lowe's is open, but we're going to close churches, we're going to close restaurants, we're going to close bars. Do you know why they did this? Because they are bullies, and they go after the easiest targets to pick on and shut down. Gym owners, churches, singing in church. Meanwhile, in 2020... The streets ran wild right after the outbreak of the virus. Think of the timing, Rita. First, impeachment uh, attempt number two fails. Next, we have a virus. Next, we have riots throughout the United States all over the place. And it was totally fine for people to go out and riot and protest. And there was no police action on any of that. But if you wanted to have a mass, the police could come to your church and shut you down. Yeah, I remember that was horrible. And you're right. It was interesting. You're right, Jeffrey. When they started, even at the very beginning of the protests, I was sitting there waiting for officials in any state, you know, any state in the country, not just New York, where the positivity was so high and Los Angeles, where the positivity rate was high and other places. But at the very beginning, I remember thinking, oh, all these people are going out. Remember, they were like, don't gather even indoor, even outdoor, they even said. 
And then you're right. As soon as Black Lives Matter and all these other people were tearing up the streets of America, tearing down businesses, suddenly there was no COVID problem there. But then you're right. When it was churches or it was restaurants, the standard has just been disgusting. And now it is so abundantly transparent um, that I hope they get their butts kicked in November because it has been so deplorable what they have done to businesses and individuals across this country and treated Americans like third-class citizens, not even second-class citizens. It's outrageous. Jeffrey, thank you very much. When we get back, we're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. Watching the Biden administration and the talking heads. That's all I'm seeing out of the White House is a bunch of talking heads in empty suits because I feel like they're sending so many different messages. And on one hand, COVID exists. So that's why people now they're going to appeal and say on mass transit, you got to mask up. They're fighting that. Remember, the judge decided it shouldn't happen. But now they're fighting it, saying, no, no, COVID's a big issue. But then on the southern border, not a problem whatsoever there. It is unbelievable. And if you listen to people who are there down at the border and people who are familiar with what's happening at the border, it is being overrun. There has been, even in the last six months, over a million, well over a million encounters just at the border. Those are the ones that they encounter, not the gotaways, the ones that they encounter. And as you just heard from John Solomon, they're supposed to keep them in Mexico until their asylum hearing has happened. They are not doing that. And even just last month, out of the 221,000 that crossed, only 199, less than 200, actually were sent back to Mexico for the remain in Mexico policy. I mean, that's amazing. They are defying judges' orders, and I'm talking about the Biden administration. And next week, there's a huge Supreme Court hearing that could change all that. And boy, hopefully the judge that is now having their order defied is going to send a nice little message up to the Supreme Court saying, you know what, uh, you shouldn't take kindly that they're snubbing their nose to the judiciary. Uh, usually a Supreme Court will look at that and go, that ain't good. Um, but meantime, Derek Maltz, who's a former DEA agent, And he's been just great in terms of assessing what's been going on at the border and also drugs that are crossing the border, says that Border Patrol agents, they are just swamped, that there are so many people crossing now. And this is before Title 42 is lifted in May. But this is what he says about the situation on the border, that the agents just can't handle the influx already. Just based on Border Patrol seizures last year of 11,000 pounds, that's 1,600 and 950 of these bags. So the American public has to realize that Border Patrol and our law enforcement is inundated with these migrants from over 150 countries. And we have a catastrophic uh, situation going on with our 
kids in America that are dying. It's very scary. And the scary. White House is not even talking about it. Really scary. He was on with Dana Perino on Fox News earlier today, and he's talking about the fentanyl, which we're going to talk about in the next hour here on the show, because some of the numbers of what is crossing across the border are stunning. And Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana says that this is part of a great plan by the Biden administration to make it such an open and dangerous border. I think this is intentional. I think the Biden administration believes in open borders. I think they're going, they're happy to have not just a million people coming in illegally every year. They're fine with two or three million because they think that our border should be open because vetting people at the border, in their opinion, is racist. Yeah. And for some reason, they want those people to come on in, no matter how much of a health risk they are. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to TJ on line four. TJ, your thoughts about all this. Rita, wonderful to talk to you again. A couple of quick points. Just give me a little bit. Number one, Rob Astorino is one of the greatest people in the whole wide world. I've known him my whole life. He worked for my late father. Nothing but good things for Rob. Second thing, I just landed at JFK a little while ago. They still play that stupid message that you have to wear a mask inside the terminals. I was landed at American, and then they play it on the monorail taking you back to your car. So either the city runs the airports or the feds. I'm real sure the feds do. This is all a big plan. Let's face it. They want to flip Texas blue. The easiest way to do that, and I just flew back from Texas. I was down near the border because I have a client down near there. The amount of crime in these towns on the border is unbelievable. They're overrun. The amount of theft, violence, rapes, it's through the roof, and nobody will even talk about it. And to your point, you know, I just flew back, and you had people wincing at me and others who didn't wear a mask on the way back. These are the same stupid people who take their bare feet and put them on a rug on an airplane, but they're worried about me wearing a mask, and they got a mask on that says juicy, like that thing's going to do anything. You might as well put toilet paper on your face. No, you're right. You know, you, you know, it's interesting, TJ, you're right. The standards are – now, why do you think it's, it's completely open borders? And why do you think that they're trying to justify that there's no COVID at the border? Because that's the standard, basically, for lifting Title 42. Right. Well, it it all starts with that little midget, Merrick Garland. Thank God he never became a Supreme Court judge. And I have a brother-in-law who works for Homeland, um, and I got a roommate from college who's high up in the DEA in California. And they both tell me this. They are basically being ordered by their higher-ups to do nothing. The only people getting stopped at the border, Cubans and Eastern Europeans. Why would they stop Eastern Europeans and Cubans? Gee, what dem- which way do they usually vote? Exactly. Even- right, exactly. I'm just thinking the good old GOP vote, and for some reason they're having a hard time, like you just said. And in fact, you know what's interesting, TJ? One of the things this administration even said was, oh, we're going to bring in 100,000 you know, individuals from Ukraine. Well, that's not that many. You know, considering that we had 221,000 people cross our southern border just last month alone. Um, And they made a big deal of it, and they still haven't even made good on that. So you're right. It's like they are definitely picking specific groups. But the American public, we're not stupid. I mean, you get it, TJ, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Listen, I I live in South Brooklyn. I have 100,000 Ukrainians on on four street blocks here. I mean, that's no big deal. That's nothing. And, And they're ignoring the war. 
They ignore they're They basically tuned out the shooting on the subway last week. You know, it's disgusting that the fire department was the first people on the scene. Maybe if we're not guarding Black Lives Matter murals and stupid George Floyd statues, we'd have enough cops. The good ones have all left. Rita, and by the, great and TJ, thank you. You are great. We appreciate the call. And everybody, we're going to continue talking in the next hour after the break. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Some stunning numbers coming from our southern border about the amount of fentanyl that authorities have seized. They recently made a seizure in Arizona. And get this, the amount of fentanyl that was seized, which is, of course, you know, a form of opioid, a very dangerous and deadly form, that it was enough to kill 10 million people. Think about that. That's an enormous amount of people with the amount of fentanyl that they made in one of the biggest seizures. And these kind of seizures are happening frequently at our border. And we know now that fentanyl is such a huge problem in America. It is the leading cause of death for 18 to 45-year-olds. And now authorities at the border were saying today that they are seeing a trend, a very disturbing trend, that fentanyl is now becoming a huge cause of death for people as young as 13 years old because they're getting what they think are legitimate opioids. They turned out to be laced with fentanyl coming in through that southern border via China and other countries, and it is killing them. Take a listen to this name, uh, basically the staggering number. Uh, This is from Derek Maltz, former DEA agent, talking about the amount of deaths that are taking place in America every day from the deadly drug fentanyl. Keep in mind, the CDC just released the most recent statistics through November of 2021, 12-year period, 106,854 dead Americans. And, And that's 293 a day. 293 are dying a day being killed from fentanyl. And this administration is still planning to lift Title 42, saying there's no health issue. People like Derek Maltz and others. And I want to hear your thoughts tonight on the Rita Cosby show on this, because when you hear these numbers, why can't they say fentanyl is the reason why you got to keep Title 42 in place? If you don't want to say COVID, even though you're happy to be pushing for the mask mandate because the DEA uh, is saying, you know what, fentanyl is a health crisis. It's an emergency. It's urgent. That is a huge issue, too. So why not use that reason to keep Title 42 in place? I would say 293 dead Americans every day from a drug that's coming through illegally on our southern border could absolutely be considered a health risk. It's not even a health risk. It's a health catastrophe. And yet this administration seems to be so eager to want to lift Title 42, which was in place over COVID. But Derek Malton, people are saying, saying, Use fentanyl as the reason. Keep it in place. Do anything you can to protect our U.S. southern border and especially be able to protect our Americans. But yet, 
the mainstream media, and particularly the left-stream media, seems so intent on criticizing anybody that is trying to go against the norm, in this particular case, go against the administration's norm. The administration is saying they want a travel mask mandate in place for Americans, but that border with tons of fentanyl coming through, so much so that they seize $10 million worth, or $10 million, it would kill 10 million people. I mean, that is a staggering amount. But that's not enough to close the border. And instead, the media isn't attacking the people who are bringing the fentanyl in. They're not attacking the coyotes that are bringing the illegal immigrants in by the hundreds of thousands and predicted to be up to 3 million potentially this year with Title 42 about to be lifted soon. No, they're not going after them. They are spending their time in the last few days going after the judge. This is the Trump-appointed judge. And that's why, because it was a Trump-appointed judge, this judge who said, well, there shouldn't be a mask mandate on mass transportation in America, they're going after the judge. They're not going after the cartels. They are blasting the judge because the judge is a Trump-appointed judge, and the judge again said that this mandate shouldn't stay in place. So you would think, while we're talking about the fact that fentanyl that could kill up to 10 million Americans is a huge issue, and that is an astronomical issue and a very serious, serious issue, they're spending their time criticizing the judge because they're saying the judge was too young or the judge was appointed by President Trump. Talk about just a hypocrisy. To me, this is so outrageous. Listen, this is Joy Reid of MSNBC criticizing the judge, saying she's not worthy to be making any decisions. And now because this judge, who was rated unqualified, like she was an intern like six years ago, now she's a federal judge. She got on at 33 years of age, Trump's youngest and probably worst appointment. She basically is one of those people who's tired of wearing a mask and ruled as such. I don't see anything in just the reading through what she says. This is part of her ruling. This is her genius ruling. Wearing a mask cleans nothing. The mask only about cleaning. At most, it traps virus droplets, but neither... It neither sanitizes the person wearing the mask nor sanitizes the conveyance. This is a lady who's never tried a case in court. Her only trial experience was as an intern when she was in college. ABA says she's not. For her to by herself be able to say no mask mandate to me is outrageous. And then listen to her colleague, Lawrence O'Donnell, who also hosts a show there on MSNBC. He also went after the judge, not the fentanyl, not the coyotes. Not the open border. He went after the judge. A 33-year-old nominee to the federal bench who never set foot in a courtroom as a lawyer uh, suddenly becomes a public health expert today. And no more masks required on uh, on most airlines. Um, some airlines have the right to maintain that rule if they want to. Uh, and we all personally have the right to wear masks as I will be on any future uh, airline flights just when I was getting used to going back uh, to the airport. Uh, this shows you once again the importance of being, having that power to appoint federal judges. Wow. To me, they are not talking about the danger of the southern border and the hypocrisy that at the southern border, this administration basically says no COVID there. Don't worry about it. 
And this judge is saying, you know, look, a lot of places are lifting it. And she should even say, based on your Title 42 lifting, I think under mass transportation, that would have been smart. The judge should have done that. But they don't want to have anything to do with someone who was appointed by President Trump. And that's what this is all about. And shame on them for not focusing on the deadly serious issue of fentanyl and illegal immigrants. And we talked about last night on the show the stunning numbers of dozens of people that are on the terrorist watch list that have crossed our border. They are really missing the mark. Let's go to your calls, everybody. one 800 848 Let's go to Dom in Minnesota on line five. Dom, your thoughts? Yeah, Rita, I think two people that are very critical to solving a lot of our current problems, not the least, least of which is the border crisis. One is Elon Musk. If he follows through on making Twitter a free speech platform, the other is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who should be encouraged to freely exercise her First Amendment rights on Twitter. And to top it all, we start a new Twitter handle to explore new membership, and it should be called at THFRN, which stands for the hunt for Red Red November, starring... (laughs) Starring Musk and Cortez, and special guest appearance by Judge Catherine. <laughs> Very, what about, what about wasn't it Sean Connery who was in the first yeah. one? See, do I know my movies there, Dom, or what? Yeah, my, my Musk is Sean Connery, now 007. <laughs> that's right, that's right. You know, that's... I, I, did, you know, did you know that, uh, by the way, Miss Cortez was the 10th presidential pick for 2024? Oh, my goodness. Uh, what I do know is that Kamala Harris was number three. Uh, behind Pete Buttigieg, who was, uh, you know, a mayor up until it seems like uh, a few days ago, basically. Boy, what a mess. Dom, but I like your point because I do think uh, it is going to be a battle in November, and I think there's going to be a rude awakening for Democrats with a lot of these crazy policies and these unbelievable double standards and the focus that they're focused on anything that's Trump Uh, But let's just ignore these huge fentanyl numbers. Let's just ignore COVID at the border. I mean, it is is so shocking that they are living in such an alternate universe and that their standards, borders wide open. But you know what? Got a mask up on a plane. How dare you, average American, law-abiding American citizen? I mean, it is shameful. Dom, thank you. I always love your calls. Let's go to Sherilyn uh, in Canada on line six. Go ahead, Sherilyn. Hi, Rita. Absolutely love your show. Listen to it every night. Thank you. You are fantastic. Um, The reason I called is when you were talking earlier about what they're not looking at coming across the border, um, I moved down to the United States and lived there for 31 years. But to get there, I had seven months of paperwork. I had to get my fingerprints taken to be sure I wasn't a criminal. I had to have a chest X-ray, and I had to see an American doctor on the Canadian side to be sure I had no health issues before I was even allowed to move to the States. Wow. That's how they used to do it. And and don't you think as much as obviously that was a hassle, that it's the right thing to do? What are, what are your thoughts about the importance of that process, Sherilyn? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. Because really at that time, of course, I was married to an American, so I was coming over. But um, at that time, it was like 
Canada and the United States are almost like equals. There was just a border between us. And so I felt like if they're that careful coming that way, then Canadians were careful coming this way. Um, but yeah, I had nothing wrong with it. I had never been a criminal, but you had to, I had to go into the police department, get all fingered up, everything. I mean, it was like a quite a ritual to, to move to the United States. You know what's interesting, Sherilyn? I just saw a, it was a new Quinnipiac poll where it shows that Hispanics have a very low approval rating of President Biden. And these are Hispanics who are already here in this country, who are legal citizens. And to me, it, I think when they know how much work it was for them to come to this country, that they also resent people who just kind of come across the border illegally. You know, because, I mean, you know, it's like it's like if you came through the right way like you did and my parents too, my parents became American citizens. And, and in fact, they came. It took them five years from when they came back then. I mean, we're talking years ago. It took them five years until they became American citizens. But they were so proud of it and and did a lot of work. They had to learn the language. They had to take the test. They had to do all those things, but never regretted it. And I think people who go through those steps like you do. You know, and my parents did and and many others. They resent the people who do it illegally. I love the United States. I mean, um, I came back to Canada to get remarried again, but um, I absolutely love the United States. I have a son that lives in Chillicothe, Illinois, and another son that lives in Warner Robins, Georgia. So uh, my family's down that way, too. So Very good. Very good. And by the way, I used to host years ago at WBTV in Charlotte. And uh, the sportscaster was from Warner Robins, Georgia. So I know exactly where that is. Oh, which is and by the way, Rita, my grandson is in the United States Air Force. Oh, my God. Bravo, bravo, bravo to uh, your grandson. Um, how beautiful to hear that. Thank you very much. And thank you for the great message about what America really, really represents to so many people. Sherilyn, thank you. When we come back, everybody, we're going to continue with your calls. What do you think of the double standard at the border and the fact that this administration at a time where fentanyl deaths are sky high and a major seizure of fentanyl that could have killed 10 million people because it is so toxic and they found a huge cache of fentanyl crossing the border just recently. That's what's coming across the border. People who are on the terrorist watch list, they announced yesterday, dozens of them Cross the border. That's what we know about. What about what we don't know about? 1 800 848 9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And coming up on the Rita Cosby Show, we are going to talk about the dire situation in Ukraine. In the last few hours, we're getting word that top Ukrainian officials are going to Mariupol. That is a pivotal town right in the eastern portion there, which is really just taking a pounding from Russian forces tonight. Many people are calling it the Ukrainian Alamo because there are literally soldiers in there fighting with everything they have against Russian troops And President Zelensky warning a little bit ago that Ukrainian forces don't have, quote, enough serious and heavy weapons to fight off the Ukrainian, the Russian forces that are surrounding them and that they are trying to full out level the city and slaughter everything in sight. Um, Dire situation. What should the U.S. do? What should the U.N. do and what should NATO do? I contend that we should at the very least 
be creating these civilian corridors for these people to be able to evacuate because there are soldiers fighting, but there's also apparently 120,000 people that are still in Mariupol that are trapped. And there are many people that are civilians, that are women and children that are trapped in that town. Many of them have died. We've heard reports that 20,000 have died. I mean, it's astounding, the disaster that's happening in Mariupol and the travesty and the horror that the Russians are inflicting on the people there. And they are now pleading that they open up some sort of evacuation route so they can get out. And I want to take your calls on that after the break to get your sense on what we should do now. What should the world do now uh, before what is about to be an even bigger uh, catastrophe and disaster and travesty, I think, of justice and travesty of humanity that I think is about to take place in Mariupol in Ukraine. It's an unbelievable just disaster of a scene. And the Russians look like they are slaughtering everything in sight. And I want to hear what you think we should be doing at this moment. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. We are also talking about the situation at our own southern border. And Derek Maltz, former DEA agent, talks about the disaster of what's happening with the illegal drug fentanyl. As you heard, he said 293 people a day, Americans, are being killed from this illegal drug that comes through the border. And he says it's time that this administration gets tough on securing the border and also categorizes fentanyl in a specific way that sends a message that no more of it should come into this country. The families of fentanyl have analyzed all the CDC statistical data and revealed that fentanyl is the number one cause of death in a new age group, 13 to 50. So we're seeing younger kids dying, so parents have to pay more attention. Families of fentanyl, they are calling for this to be designated as a weapon of mass destruction because it's killing like we've never seen in the history of this country. And yet we're about to lift Title 42, which is that health provision, and basically say, ah, come on in as if the border isn't a leaky sieve already. one 800 848 Let's go to Jennifer in Boston on line five. Jen, your thoughts about this? Hi, Rita. Um, thank you for being such a passionate, strong-minded person um, and so articulate. Um, if I could, on the whole illegal immigration thing, let this not be lost, especially on any independent voter or an old-school Democrat. Think of who you're voting for the next time voting comes up, whether it's the midterms or um, in 24. Um, in New York City, you had voter um, they voted there to give free college tuition to illegal aliens, but not to Gold Star family members. In the White House, there was a, Donald Trump had put in um, an office for angel families who are um, victims of illegal alien crime, um, you know, losing loved ones, which are on average 150 Americans are killed a day by illegal aliens in this country. And um, when uh, almost one of the first things that uh, Biden did when he got in there is he let that office, he kicked them out, these angel family members. um, They were mostly mothers of children who were killed by illegal aliens. And he replaced with an office where illegal aliens could air their grievances Oh, my goodness. So he he basically turned it around to make, you know, to highlight those who are crossing illegally. 
and it just shows you where their allegiances are. Look how outraged they were, Rita, at any supposed uh, mistreatment of illegals at the border, you know, kids in cages, all that stuff, drinking out of toilet, which was all lies. But look what happened under Obama. We had veterans dying in waiting rooms and parking lots. All the lies they put out about wait lists and everything, Rita, they cared more about people who have never lifted a finger for this country, in fact, broke into our country, than they did for anyone who's given their very all for this country. And people need to think about that when they vote. And it breaks my heart. It really does. This country, it's being given away by those who have done the least for it. And it, it just it hurts my heart. But thank you for hearing me, Rita. No, and I hear your pain, too. And, and I, I'm outraged, too, because you're right. It's like we should be, first of all, you know how I feel about our veterans. And everybody, by the way, after the break, we're going to have our Support Our Heroes segment that we do every night here on the show, which is one of my favorite segments where we honor the great men and women in the military and their families. But you're right. It's like the way they have treated the military. Think about also... You know, even law enforcement, the people who didn't get the vaccines, they were treated like lepers. Doctors were treated like lepers. And yet, if you were coming through the southern border and still continuing to do so, come on in. They have their priorities so out of whack. We're going to continue talking about this after the break. Thank you, Jen. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, where we pay tribute to our great men and women in the military and, of course, also their loved ones. A great story coming from Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin, where Congressman Mike Gallagher, Republican of Wisconsin, today presented Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin native Robert Nelson with medals that he earned for his service in Korea. Nelson served in the U.S. Air Force's 314th Air Division and deployed to Korea in 1957, where he helped stand up a new mission, United States Forces Korea. After being awarded Nelson uh, and also after he received his medals, Congressman Gallagher said this. I love this. uh, During this time, In the U.S. Air Force, Robert Nelson made Northeast Wisconsin so proud and played a crucial role in preventing the spread of communism. While this recognition is long overdue, it's an honor to have the opportunity to present him with the medals that he earned from his service to our country. How beautiful to see that he is finally being recognized and receiving the medals that he deserved during such an important and pivotal time in world history. And we are talking, of course, about our U.S. southern border and the situation there, which is absolutely dire. And Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana describes the hypocrisy that the Biden administration has with the way they handle the border versus the mask mandate. Yeah. You know, life is full of contradictions. But where I come from, we call that hypocrisy. On the one hand, President Biden is saying, well, it's okay, everything's safe now, let's let everybody in illegally. But on the other hand, he's, he's saying, well, I might appeal the ruling that you don't have to wear a mask. Actually, what he said is he's going to appeal it uh, if Dr. Fauci says he should appeal it. But, and, and Dr. Fauci hasn't weighed in yet on what he thinks. But frankly, 
um, everything about Dr. Fauci's credibility at this point screams expired. And the CDC did advise DOJ just a few hours ago to appeal the mask mandate on mass transportation in America. So they're going to fight it, but they seem to be no problem at the border. Let's lift Title 42, that health restriction that the Trump administration put in place. Let's just find any way that they can cross the border illegally. I mean, we're already getting record numbers and they don't seem to care. The double standard to me is so blaring and so shameful. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jose in Oregon on line one. Jose, your thoughts about this? Yes, good evening, Vita. Uh, I'm originally from the Bronx, New York. I grew up there and I spent 20 years in the Army. And this precedent just infuriates me because uh, you're talking about borders. And are you aware of the fact that he just flew 53,000 Afghanistans into Fort McCoy in Wisconsin? When did he do that? I knew he had sent some, but when did he do the group you're talking about? Well, this was a while back. Okay, I, I, I wrote you a letter about two months ago telling you about it. But uh, anyway, last night I was listening to ABC from Wisconsin, and they were reporting on the case. With a, he turned them over to the Fort McCoy, and he has the Army taking care of these people. And they were also in eight other uh, places down south that he sent uh, Afghanistan people to. And these people don't even have the right sanitary uh, anyway, condition. No, I hear what themselves. Now, you know what's interesting, Jose? Let me ask you, are you going, the reason you're bringing it up, um, to the fact that there are, it seems like, open borders for people that have been in Afghanistan or coming through our southern border, and yet here, the sort of double standard of what's going on here in America, that they're pushing the mask mandate on mass transportation. Um, you, you know what's also interesting, too, Jose? is um, a couple of days ago, we had here on the show um, Ken Cuccinelli. And this to me was stunning, Jose, exactly what you're talking about with these Afghans. He was saying that the Biden administration, as if this is not going to sadly make your blood boil more, um, but he said that they're actually looking at making a waiver, an exception, if you had Taliban ties. So if you came mm-hmm. in on that on those planes, like you're talking about, that went into right. Wisconsin— and you had a Taliban tie, which a bunch of terrorists, we're going to maybe give you a waiver and you can still stay in America or you are able to come in the future. I, I mean, does that make any sense to you as a as a great military guy, Jose? Well, this this is what happened. See, this is the people who got to the Taliban uh, checkpoints and they loaded them in American planes and flew them to the States. And not only to Wisconsin, but there's eight other facilities, military facilities that are taking care of these people. And that's the most sickening part that I find, because this president is taking the military and he's sending them to the border to vaccinate these people who are coming in. And then he's using them just as slaves to go over and take care of these people. They got 200 uh, pregnant women at that facility in McCoy that they're taking care of. No, it's amazing. Without vetting, as you just said, I mean, and the fact that they, even if they do know that they have some sort of Taliban ties, to me, if somebody said they had some Taliban ties or they discovered it, you know, I wouldn't even let them ever stay, you know, step foot in America, let alone stay and be on a flight and have services paid for, as you're talking about. Wow. Jose, thank you. Really powerful call. And by the way, thank you for your service to this country. Thank you so much. Let's go to Eric on line two. 
Eric, your thoughts. You just heard from Jose what he was saying is happening with these Afghans flown in, that many of them with Taliban ties allowed to stay in America. But we have to mask up. I mean, what kind of what kind of country are we living in, Eric? Oh, is it our country anymore? We just, you're getting you're getting better. You're getting better because too often you look at this from the perspective of a normal person, you know. But no, um, you, you got to look at it from Machiavelli. Machiavelli. You're right. You know I need. I mean? You're right. I need to step back and look at it from a totally irrational, crazy person right. who wants open borders, and then it all makes sense. Sadly, do you, do you think Democrats are going to make it easy for Cubans? I'm, I'm half Cuban. For Cubans and, East, and Eastern Europeans to get into the country. They're not going to vote for people who are – they're not going to vote for a party that supports open borders and invasion. And I say about the masks, don't not, have, don't not wear the mask because Biden says it. Keep it on you because of the fentanyl because God knows what – you don't know for what we, what we catch, what's getting in and what's, what they're doing with it. You know, I say one more thing. Take in every, everything, how perfectly bad this administration is. It's, it's, it's by design. It's too bad. And isn't that uh, scad? And by the way, Eric, you know, the fact that you're just saying, well, I'll let you finish your thought. But 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 the fact that, as you just said, it's by design, I I would hope that that, you know, to me, I I don't want to say hope. But to me, it seems that it is by design because there's no other explanation for it. Like, you know, that's the only thing, like you just said, you have to sort of step back like a crazy person and say, well, how could we make things a disaster you know, and what would be the things to do it? And it would be uh, open borders, check, you know, uh, crime up, check. You know, it's like they're checking off the box. Uh, but uh, it, it it defies, you know, quality of life. It defies common sense. And everyday Americans deserve better, Eric. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Well, these are these are Hessians. These are Hessians. I, I'm livid. I wish I could say more. Um, but <laughs> all our police stations, they, they're going to have to be ringed with SWAT snipers. I don't know, 24 hours, 24-7. And they're spotters. I mean, because this is serious. Well, uh, and, and by the way, what... by the way, our police and Eric, thank you for the call. But our police absolutely need to be protected and um, and make sure that they are not, you know, the focus of the ire of these people, um, you know, which to me is just it's the worst part. The smearing of the police and the smearing of the border agents. I mean, all of that is just it's so outrageous. These people are doing such a great job under such dire situations, keeping all of us safe. And they seem to get no thanks from this administration. Um, let's go to let's go to Tommy on line six. Tommy, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. How are you? Um, I have a question. Is Biden committing treason by not securing our borders and his uh, other actions like uh, taking away our oil production, making us weak and uh, allowing Russia to have their oil oil pipeline, which is making them stronger? The stuff that's going on in Iran. Um, the stuff that's going on in China, the, all the like the the kowtowing and the and the giving up of our rights as as Amer- as him as American, is he committing treason? The other thing is, you know, if he's letting all these people over into uh, through our southern border, you know, the, the the definition of treason, one of the definitions, the crime of betraying one's country, especially by attempting to kill or kill the sovereignty or overthrow the government. That's kill the sovereignty. That's what's happening right now. We're killing our sovereignty by allowing these people in. And the action, I believe it is. I mean, the action retrains someone or something. And um, well, by the way, I, I, and Tommy, that's exactly why some some of these states right now um, are saying that they may look into it being a constitutional issue because the states that especially that are along the border have a right to be kept safe by the federal government. And a number of states like Texas and Arizona and a number of these states are saying, well, maybe the federal government isn't upholding its constitutional duty to protect 
the state, and then the state could call in the National Guard and take control of the border. That's what may happen. They haven't claimed that yet, but there are a number of border experts who say that they have the right to. And they're wondering if at some point maybe some of these governors might do that and say that it's a, quote, dereliction of duty because it is a wide open border, as we all know, you guys. Let's go to Nick on line two. Nick, your thoughts about this. Go ahead, Nick. Hi, Rita. I'm a mechanic. I'm in New Jersey. I'm a master mechanic. I never hear. I talked to you before about illegals. I never hear how much money illegals make. They're not making $400 working in kitchens, slaving. They're making more money than American citizens. Why now? Now, mechanic. why? Because they're not paying taxes, or why? They pay no tax. That's a lie that they pay tax. They take out more than they give in. If I, for me to, I, I drop my health insurance. It costs me eleven hundred dollars a month. I can't afford it anymore. Not I'm the the blue collar guys are the forgotten guys. We do, that don't have health care. I don't have a great government job. No, you bring Some up a, you know what? You bring up a great pay. point, Nick. You bring up a great point because you're right. It's like hardworking, uh, you know, great Americans like you who are working every day, paying their taxes, doing all the stuff right, um, and then somebody comes in and they get away with no taxes, they get a lot of free services, um, you're right. It, the disparity is is unbelievable, and they seem to be giving those people a priority well over average American citizens. And, and to me, a, a, on so many levels, you bring up a great point, though, in a financial level, Absolutely as well. Nick, thank you very, very much. Great that you called in. Let's go to Phil on line eight. Phil, your thoughts. Yeah, hi, Rita. Good evening. The thing is that we are already witnessing the the soon-to-be downfall of the United States. There's no way back. I, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced of it. You have, you have the fentanyl coming in. You have, you have a crooked government on all levels, city, state, local, and federal. You have you have DAs that do what they want. You have politicians that do what they want. You have a president who's in violation of the the code of federal regulations eight thirteen twenty five and eight thirteen twenty four concerning the illegals. At this point, I would just suggest that anyone within the sound of my voice, if you're a, if you're a, a law abiding citizen with no felonies, go out and buy a gun because I'm telling you, the, the worst is yet to come. Donald Trump warned. He warned at the time of the election that if we elect Joe Biden to the White House, we are going to see things that will simply be un- unbelievable. And sure enough, it's come to pass. The global socialist order has its foot on America's throat and is strangling us day by day. And I think it's too late to do anything unless the, the lily-livered American citizenry wakes the hell up and starts doing something about it. Well, and also, and by the way, Phil, also elections too. elections too. the the November election is right around the corner. And that could be a big wake up call for these left wing loonies, don't you think? Yeah, but but the point is, you look, you could have million man marches in Washington. My my, my God, where are all these concerned and sweaty Americans who are so worried about all this, but do nothing? Organize, go down, put a million man march on the White House. And just tell this guy off. This has got to stop. They're not going to arrest a million people. They're not going to. They're not going to shoot a million people. The government will start to realize that there's no game going on. Well, I do think that people should go out and protest. I don't agree with an armed protest, but I do agree uh, with a protest that sends a message peacefully 
to our elected officials and says no more. And you're right. So many people have just had it up to here. They are so frustrated, but they need to come out in mass and make sure that that message gets heard. Um, so I appreciate that point very much, Phil, because power in numbers, 1000 percent. And I think there are millions upon millions of Americans who have just kind of had it up to here and they're vocalizing it. They're talking about it in their families. They're talking about it at home and at their businesses. Um, but you're right. Put it out on the street and let the administration see it and definitely let them see it um, come election time, especially with the midterms right around the corner. Because getting their butts kicked, that could be a pretty powerful message at the election booth. Um, when we come back, everybody, we're going to talk about Ukraine because I want to play this. This is an unbelievable moment that's happening as we speak tonight. Mariupol, that town on the eastern front, is being surrounded. And the commander of a steel factory that is surrounded by Russian troops. They said, hey, surrender by X time today. And they said, we're not surrendering. No way. But there are women and children in the steel factory along with fighters, and they are pleading for an open evacuation site to at least let the civilians out. At least let the civilians out. They're saying we'll still fight to the last man. But take a listen because they believe it is dire in Mariupol. This is the commander there. Take a listen. This is so emotional. This is our appeal to the world. This could be the last appeal of our lives. We are probably facing our last days, if not ours. The enemy's outnumbering us 10 to 1. And General David Deptula had this to say about the situation in Mariupol. Given the actions that uh, Putin and his military have already conducted, um, I don't believe the outlook is very positive. Um, you know, I commend uh, the courage of the men and women who are resi- resisting uh, Putin. Um, uh, but given the overwhelming uh, uh, position of advantage that the Russian army uh, and military writ large have in that area, um, it, it's a very, very dire situation. It is an unbelievable, dire situation. So I want to hear from you tonight. What do you think is at stake if Mariupol falls? Right now, there are 120,000 people trapped, and they are begging for open evacuation for civilians. The fighters are saying they're going to stay and fight. I mean, talk about the courage of the Ukrainian forces, knowing they're outmanned 10 to 1, but they're saying we're still fighting. What the heck is the U.N. there for? Uh, Honestly, what is NATO there for? What is Biden doing? Why isn't he negotiating safe passage for the civilians who are getting slaughtered tonight in Mariupol? It gets me so mad. I feel like our president has been so lackluster in leadership. And tonight he's sitting there talking to the military. There's a big meeting and he starts talking, telling a little joke. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? There is a humanitarian disaster and a crisis And people are going to be slaughtered, thousands of them, in the next maybe 24, 48 hours. And you're not forcing some sort of, you know, corridor for the civilians to evacuate? Why don't you at least pick up the phone and try this, President? This, to me, is outrageous. What do you think of the fact that he doesn't seem to be making any effort, nor does NATO, and nor does the U.N.? Why are any of them in a leadership position? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show.
And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, boy, is it a desperate situation in Ukraine. And I'm outraged that our president, that NATO, that the U.N., nobody seems to be taking some initiative. They seem too scared of Vladimir Putin and afraid of Vladimir Putin as they've been through all of this to not even to be able to create a safe evacuation route for what is believed to be about 120,000 people still in Mariupol. And that city, by the way, 1,800 cities, 1,800 sorties have been launched in the last 24 hours by Russia on Ukraine, most of them in the eastern area, most of them in Mariupol. 1,800 sorties by Russia. Think about that. Many of you great military men and women who listen to the show know that that is a full-on onslaught. And they are begging to get safe passage out of the city, at least for the civilians, women and children. And so far, nobody seems to be responding. Here's a little bit of Vladimir, rather, here's Zelensky talking about the need for much more intensive and much heavier weaponry. And he says he needs it immediately. Freedom must be armed better than tyranny. Western countries have everything to make it happen. The final victory over the tyranny and the number of people saved depends on them. Arm Ukraine now to defend freedom. And listen to General David Deptula, who says that we are just pandering to Putin at the expense of allies. Take a listen. The risk of escalation is ever-present regardless of what actions the West takes to support Ukraine. Because Putin has shown already that he'll manufacture a pretext when his adversaries are too smart to give him one. So complex issue, um, but we shouldn't be cowed by Putin uh, from providing the Ukrainians the necessary equipment that they need to defeat his forces. I agree. The Ukrainians got a flagship and now we're letting them be slaughtered? Are you kidding me? What the heck is taking so long for U.S. weaponry to get to the Ukrainian forces? Why didn't we figure this out? Not just us, but also NATO, you know, the whole NATO conglomerate, because there are other countries involved in NATO, not just us. But what the heck is taking so long and why are we sitting back now knowing that there is going to be a bloodbath of the Ukrainian people in Mariupol? And it's probably going to happen in the next day or so. Shame on us. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Rob in Long Island on Line 5. Go ahead, Rob. Hey, how you doing, Rita? So the uh, EU uh, and uh, the various countries there really need to be the ones that choke off Putin with respect to funding. I think they, there was an article today that they're giving him uh, uh, $38 billion um, in, in February alone in, in gas sales. And if they're not going to you know, come to the table and make some serious changes, <clears throat> I don't believe that anything the U.S. can do right now will, will help Ukraine. And it's, a, it's pathetic knowing 75 years ago what they went through with Hitler. It is. And you know what the thing is, Rob? You bring up some great points about the people that are right there. Why is the U.S. not taking a leadership role and at least having some meetings with the EU and saying, what are you going to do right now? There's a crisis right now. Let's hurry up and get them everything they need. They can win this. I mean, they've shown that they have the will to fight. They got a flagship. I mean, that's a major, major success. 
But right now, they are surrounded in Mariupol, and it's going to be a catastrophe of unprecedented well, shame times. On the EU. Shame, and, shame and also, on the... shame on Biden not putting pressure on EU, too, because it takes leadership all the way around. Great points, Rob. Thank you for the call. Everybody have a good night. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.